Hello, and welcome to the commentary for Lesson 344. We read from 2 Kings chapter 12 through verse 16. We read 2 Chronicles 24, and then we touched 2 Kings 10, just uh, four verses from 32 to 36. And so, in the last lesson, Joash became king at seven years old. And now we begin to unravel the story of his, what kind of a king was he? How did he rule? Well, we start the reading with verse one, Joash began to rule over Judah in the seventh year of King Jehu's reign in Israel. He reigned in Jerusalem 40 years. His mother was Zebiah from Beersheba. Now I'd never heard that name before and that caught my attention. Um, but remember, the reason he was king was not because of who his mother was, but because who, who his father was. His father was King Ahaziah. His grandmother was Athaliah, remember, because she was going to have him killed, if you can imagine that. And his great-grandparents were King Ahab and Jezebel. So just to put it in perspective, now Joash begins to rule. Um, it says in verse two, all his life, Joash did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight because Jehoiada, the priest instructed him. Yet even so, he did not destroy the pagan shrines and the people still offered sacrifices and burned uh, and burned incense there. We see that a few times through today's reading that as long as Jehoiada was alive, Joash was okay. He taught him his faith. It was a great beginning for Joash. Um, and he always did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight, as long as Jehoiada the priest was still alive. But, um, verse 3 says, Yet even so, he did not destroy the pagan shrines, and the people still offered sacrifices and burnt, burned incense there. Now, had he done that, the story may have turned out differently. Um, but this story has a very sad ending to me. This just breaks my heart. First, we'll talk about the repairs of the temple. So one day, King Joash says to the priests, collect all the money um, that's offered and use it to make the repairs needed for the temple. And they apparently dragged their heels about this. Second Chronicles 24 points out that the king said, do not delay, but the Levites did not act immediately. You know, I wonder, I think about the repairs at our house. I feel like my house, all these little things are going wrong and it's over time, it starts to add up and I look around and I just think, oh, and it's so overwhelming, all of the repairs that need to be done. And, you know, I won't do them or I won't hire someone because I'll think, oh, I can do that myself. I just need time. But that time never comes and I get distracted and I get busy. And so, um... And the boys are busy and Ryan's busy. So we just don't get it done. And it piles up. And at some point, I think you just need to say enough already and hire a professional to help you out. And clearly that's what the priests needed to do. I don't know what the holdup was, if they were just putting it off or they just didn't get around to it or if they were overwhelmed like I get. But they needed to be obedient and they needed to do it quickly. Unfortunately, they didn't. Finally, they did hire a professional to come in. And it says that 
Um, they hired contractors and construction supervisors, and these men were honest and trustworthy. So it and they worked hard in the renovation. We learned that in in the Second Chronicles account. It says they worked hard and made steady progress. They restored the temple of God according to its original design and strengthened it. That's great. And when all the construction was done, they brought the leftover money and that was used to replace, it says it was used to make various articles for the temple of the Lord, articles for worship services and for burnt offerings, including ladles and other articles made of gold and silver. Now, the Second Chronicles account pointed out before, which wasn't included in the Second Kings account, that... Over the years, the followers of wicked Athaliah had broken into the temple of God and they had used all the dedicated things from the temple of the Lord to worship the images of Baal. That's detestable. There's a lot more detail here in the Second Chronicles 24, which is important to note. So I'm glad that they did. So they were able to restore all of those things, which it looks like in the first account in Second Kings 12, those things inside weren't mentioned or they weren't a priority. I'm not sure. Um, but any, anyways, they get the work done. They had um, the professionals, the builders, the masons, the stonecutters. And it says they also used the money to buy the timber and the finished stone needed for repairing the Lord's temple. So it does mention, how did they get the money? Okay, so in 2 Kings 12, it did mention in verse 9, Then Jehoiada the priest bored a hole in the lid of a large chest and set it on the right-hand side of the altar at the entrance of the temple of the Lord. And then all the people came. The priests guarding the entrance put all the people's contributions into the chest. And it said whenever the chest became full, the court secretary and high priest counted the money and they put it into bags. And they gave that money from the bags to the construction supervisors. Well, in the Chronicles account, it goes into detail. And I love it because it says, this went on. So the people came and filled the, the uh, well, first of all, let me back up. It says, so the king ordered the chest to be made. That's an important fact. And set it outside the gate leading to the temple of the Lord. Then a proclamation was sent throughout Judah and Jerusalem, telling the people to bring the Lord the tax that Moses, the servant of God, had required of the Israelites in the wilderness. This pleased all the leaders and the people, and they gladly brought their money and filled the chest with it. And then later it said this went on day after day where they emptied out, where the chest became full and they emptied it out. Day after day, and a large amount of money was collected. So the people were happy to contribute that money for the repairs of the temple. They wanted it too. I think sometimes as leaders of the church or um, ministries, we forget that it is a joy. I think sometimes we have trouble asking. And I think that's what happened with the priests. It seems like they had to get a pep talk from the king because he says, you know, maybe they didn't want to go out because it made a point in Second Chronicles, which it didn't say before. Why haven't you demanded that the Levites go out and collect the temple taxes from the town? See, they were supposed to go out and collect it. Well, that would make them tax collectors and they're priests. So that probably made them queasy. That's not... In their job description, I'm sure they feel like. So they probably didn't do it because they didn't want to, right? So this is a problem with obedience. 
And so they get a, a, a pep talk from Joash, and he says, if you want to call it a pep talk, he says, Moses did this. He levied this tax on the community in Israel in order to maintain the tabernacle of the covenant. And they were happy to bring the money to him. If Moses did it, you can do it. And so, instead of going out and collecting it, they um, the king ordered the chest be made and put there, and it got filled and overfilled every day. They were emptying it. So, the money came in. And I think that's a good lesson to be learned here, that if you're in a ministry and you're trying to ask for funds, you're not asking, it shouldn't be an obligation and that you're sorry to have to ask. It should be, hey, we're doing something great here for God. And I know that you love God and I know that you care about this ministry. So we are offering you a chance to be a part of it. Come and help. People are happy to. They're moved. They're stirred. And they're stirred because Moses did this. They're getting back to their roots. They want to. They want to give. They want to restore that temple. It means a lot to them too. So I love that. Um, and then Jehoiada lived a very long life. It says he died at the age of 130. Verse 16 said he was buried among the kings in the city of David because he had done so much good in Israel for God and his temple. Yes, what an honor. He was a priest that was buried with the kings. Love it. Unfortunately, this is when the table turns and when things get really sad because Joash, without the influence of Jehoiada, he crumbles. He fails Israel so bad. He fails to be obedient to God. He just, gosh, and it just reminds you, you know, back in verse 3 of Second Kings 12, yet even so he did not destroy the pagan shrines and the people still offered sacrifices and burned incense there. You can think something is no big deal. Yes, it's a sin. It's bad. It's going on, but I'm not going to pay attention to it. I'm just going to pretend it's not there. But that little, call it a cancer, call it a disease, it festers, it grows, and it gets emboldened. And now the enemy is emboldened. And now, after Jehoiada's death, the leaders of Judah came and bowed before King Joash and persuaded him to listen to their advice. Maybe Joash, now that Jehoiada was gone, wasn't used to getting all of the respect that a king got because people knew from the age, you know, he was crowned from the age of seven that Jehoiada was really, was really the one in charge. He was the one pulling all the strings behind the scenes. So maybe Joash got a little high on that power, that respect, that authority that was new to him. And they persuaded him. They decided to abandon the temple of the Lord. And they worshipped Asherah poles and idols instead. Gosh, doesn't that just break your heart? How could they do it? Because of this sin, divine anger fell on Judah and Jerusalem. I love this. Verse 19, yet the Lord sent prophets to bring them back to him. He's angry. And rightly so. God is holy. These are his people. Yet the Lord always, he's patient. He always wants us to come back. He always gives us a chance to come back. The prophets warned them, but still the people would not listen. 
Verse 20 says, Then the Spirit of God came upon Zechariah, son of Jehoiada the priest. He stood before the people and said, This is what God says. Why do you disobey the Lord's commands and keep yourselves from prospering? You have abandoned the Lord, and now he has abandoned you. He pointed out, yes, staying in the Lord's commands, obeying his commands, allows us to thrive and prosper. That doesn't mean we'll all be rich and everything will be great and fun and blessed. It means that he will be working in our lives for us, for the greater good, right? Romans 8.28, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. God could have done so much with them, but no, they were disobedient. Gosh. They abandoned the temple, worshipped idols instead, and Asherah poles. It just breaks my heart that, that, that they just fail so miserably over and over again. And so, but I love that God sends messengers. He sends prophet. His spirit comes upon Zechariah, son of Jehoiada the priest. Um, he says, you have abandoned the Lord and now he has abandoned you. And yes, the Lord tries. And yes, the Lord wants us to come to him. He's waiting for us. He gives us every opportunity to do that. But at some point, Because God is a gentleman, he doesn't push himself, he doesn't force himself. We have free will. We have to make a choice if we will follow him. And clearly they weren't willing to do that. So because he's a gentleman, he says, okay. He lifts his hands away. Then the leaders plotted to kill Zechariah. And King Joash ordered that they stone him to death in the courtyard of the Lord's temple. Oh my gosh, right? So this is, Zechariah is Jehoiada's son. Jehoiada raised Joash. He protected him from certain death. And yeah, how horrifying is that? Or it says in verse 22, that was how King Joash repaid Jehoiada for his loyalty by killing his son. Zechariah's last words as he died were, may the Lord see what they are doing and avenge my death. Very different from what Jesus said as he was hanging on the cross. Forgive them, Lord, for they know not what they do. The difference is that even though Zechariah was a prophet and the Spirit of God came upon him, he was not perfect. Jesus was perfect, and he could forgive his accusers, his murder, his killers, even while they were torturing him. Then we come to... 2 Kings 10, it talks about the death of Jehu, and this is just the fulfillment of prophecy back from 2 Kings chapter 8, where we know that King Hazael conquers um, much of the land, and that was just part of the punishment that, you know, God lifted his hands back. He abandoned, they abandoned him, so he abandoned them, and uh, he reduced their territories, so um, pretty straightforward. I didn't have a lot of burning questions and extra reading to do. So we'll just leave it there. I think the takeaways are just, um, for me, it was sometimes you just need to hire a professional and have it done right because um, it can get a little overwhelming sometimes when a lot of work needs to be done. I love that, you know, they 
made that effort and that Jehoiada, what a difference he made for 130 years. But at some point, Joash, it was his turn to sink or swim and to make the choices and step up to the plate. And he unfortunately failed miserably. So just goes to show that even with proper upbringing and all the right tools and God behind you, um, our free will can destroy everything. So we need to be careful about who we listen to and where our heart is. So that's it for today. I hope you all have a great day and I'll talk to you soon.